keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your Hey everybody, welcome to the 90 Day Challenge Worship in 66. It's day 15, and the subject is Before You Go, Ask. Be careful to do what it says, then you will truly be successful. 2 Samuel, the second chapter, the first through the seventh verse. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord. Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. When David was told that it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who had buried Saul, he sent messengers to them to say to them, The Lord bless you for showing this kindness to Saul, your master, by burying him. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave. For Saul, your master, is dead, and the people of Judah have anointed me king over them. Second Samuel, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse to the 25th verse. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go? And attacked the Philistines. Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 7. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart 
and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. That ends our reading for this morning. I know I gave you several different passages, but I hope it makes sense in just a moment. Our worship thought is titled, Before You Go, Ask. There is so much to love about David. David was a man after God's own heart. According to 1 Samuel 13, 14, David was humble. David was reverent. David was respectful. David was trusting, loving, devoted, obedient, and repentant. In a word, David was a worshiper. When we meet him first in scripture, he is tending to his father's sheep. He is the forgotten brother whom nobody takes seriously. He is anointed king after Saul is removed. He defeats Goliath and does something most could not do when in his own armor. David's story helps people like you and I to manage seasons of overlook. His lesson teaches us that what God has for you is for you. His humility is beautiful. His honor, remarkable. He honors King Saul, even though King Saul doesn't honor him. David is that guy. But like all biblical characters, David had some flaws. He is passive aggressive. David is conflict avoidant. Like many of us reading, David wants what belongs to someone else. Before we judge him too harshly, though, we all must contend with the fact that at one point we've all been David. Lord, erase our envy and cure us all from covetousness. In 2 Samuel 11, David impregnates Bathsheba and conspires to have her husband Uriah murdered in an attempt to cover up his error. Nathan the prophet exposes him and tells him that his entire family will be punished as a result. In the next chapter, Amnon, David's son, rapes Tamar, David's daughter. Absalom is David's other son and he finds out what Amnon did to his sister, waits in anger for two years and then kills Amnon. So why do I suggest that David is passive aggressive? Because when David finds out about Tamar, he does nothing. And when David finds out about Amnon, he does nothing. But long before this family feud took place, David had shifted in his strategy. He shifted from the king who prayed about everything to the king who only spoke to God sporadically. David shifted from the poet who was obsessed with God's presence to the commander and popular leader who was more caught up in his Instagram followers and Facebook live views. Look at 2 Samuel 2 and 1 again. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went. Now look at 2 Samuel 5, 17. 
When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went to the stronghold. So he inquired of the Lord again. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go. So David went. Now look at the difference between the first five chapters in 2 Samuel and the opening lines of 2 Samuel 6. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by name. What was different about this chapter? This was the first time David went to men instead of God. This was the first time David forgot to ask God first. As a result, they created a cart God never asked for. And Uzzah died because David got ahead of himself. Most people look at David's indiscretion in 2 Samuel 11 as an act of lust and desire. But can I suggest that chapter 11's only happen when we stop asking God to lead our chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10. Little by little, the book of 2 Samuel shows us how great men and women fall. David shifts from constant contact with God in the first five chapters to looking for constant affirmation in all the wrong places. So here's the worship lesson. Go back to living life as if you just got the job. Remember how grateful you were. Go back to the love you had when you first got married. Remember how honored you were to wear a ring that symbolized eternal love. Go back to the day you first confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Remember how every worship song made you cry? Go back. Go back to trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, acknowledging God in all of your ways and leaning not to your own understanding. Before you go, ask. Don't move until you hear God say move. Don't speak until you hear God say speak. Don't allow your winds to confuse you. Don't allow your blessings to dilute you. The only way to keep winning as a teacher is to never leave the posture of a student. The only way to keep winning as a Christian is to remember that without Christ, I am nothing. God is opening doors for you. I said God is opening doors for you. God is making ways for you. But not every door is your door. Not every ark needs a golden cart. Not every plan needs modification. Keep doing what you've always been doing, even when what you've been doing goes out of style. Just because they are doing it that way doesn't mean they are doing it God's way. If you ask, God will answer. If you pray, God will guide. No matter how successful you become, don't forget to get your permission slip signed by the parent of parents and the guardian of guardians because your ask saves lives. So what is your worship work today? First of all, get a band-aid because if I stepped on your foot, just yell out. Second of all, <laughs> acknowledge God in all of your ways. Find ways to ask God about anything, everything, and anyone connected to your destiny. Make sure God is signing the permission slip before you go. Let's pray. Permission slip. That's what we call you today. 
You are my parent. You are my guardian. Without you, I won't move. I need your signature. I need your confirmation. I need you, Lord, to seal my life with your presence. Help me to know that you are with me. I love you and I'm yours. I am so sorry for moving ahead of you. Teach me to honor you in all of my ways. Acknowledge you in all of my plans. I trust that you will direct my path. In Jesus' name, amen. Found me here again In the place we met Where hopelessness meets grace Quiet all noise Every whisper lie Put to rest by perfect peace even in my doubt, I will not forget you are faithful still to me. I won't take a single step till I hear your voice. I surrender and when my eyes cannot see, it's your voice.
It's your voice that's leading me out of darkness and into light. It's your love breaking through the night. I won't move until you speak.